Uh, I was going to have uh, a conversation with Pastor, but uh, God's got something else on my heart. It will be a conversation, and we'll see if I can open it up. Probably not, because I have so much to say. So uh, I want to talk to you about spiritual gifts. How many know that the world is changing rapidly? And it looks like we could very easily be the last generation before Jesus returns. I mean, I've said that all my life, and I've been in Jesus. This is my 46th year, and uh, so I've heard this all my life. But the world situation is quite uncanny. Everybody's talking about it. It's really strange and weird. Um, But, you know, God's prepared us for this time. And uh, again, Jesus is returning and, and, the, and the world is going to do just exactly what God revealed to us through the prophets that it would do. And it is changing and lining up exactly what the way that Jesus said it would. In Matthew 24, the way John on the Isle of Patmos uh, saw in the book of Revelation, specifically Revelation 6, uh, Revelation 13, 14. All these things are lining up so, so uncannily and uh, so, uh, wow. <laughs> It's crazy. I do want to, uh, just on a practical note, uh, we, this is a really volatile time, and uh, my concern is that you're not hearing all the facts about the background of what's going on, particularly uh, in Europe, particularly with Ukraine. Uh, this is really volatile, and I'm not sure you're hearing the entire skinny on that. My encouragement, uh, this could get ugly real fast, and, um, you know, I, I read a lot. I research. If you don't research, you're not going to hear facts. So just think about that. So I do. Uh, so my encouragement is I have an extra supply of food on hand because what's going on could curtail some supplies. I mean, I already go to the grocery store. Susan tells me you got empty spaces on the shelves. Have you noticed that could uh, exponentially increase? So just have some extra food. Just some, and, and I've been, you know, you know, just get some things, get some stuff. Ask the Lord to show you what do I need to do, and uh, because uh, this, the, particularly towards the latter part of the year, fall on and on, uh, it could get really, really serious. So anyway, those are some some of the things I'm here. Don't let that alarm you. Jesus said, "Don't let uh, don't let these things trouble you." Yes or no? Matthew 24. See that you be not troubled. So just be aware. On the other side of that, Isaiah 60, and I've mentioned this a lot. Um, Isaiah 60 verse 1 the uh, prophet Isaiah said arise shine your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you and then uh, second verse and I think it's prophetic it could easily fit today he was he says behold darkness will cover the earth and uh, King James translation says gross darkness other translations say Deep darkness, the people, what did he put it? Deep there, deep darkness there. Deep darkness, the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. So, you know, Isaiah seemed to see a time that unusual darkness, you know, blankets the earth, but at the same time, uh, God's manifest presence rises up in his people. Question I have is, could that be today? And are we on the very edge of a tremendous move of the Spirit? And I I think the answer is, yes, we are. And, you know, I can see the enemy trying to hinder that, stop it from happening. But as God's people pray, that means as you and I pray and ask. Um, You know, when I was in Tulsa, I was in my early 20s. I attended Kenneth Hagin School, you know that. And uh, I would frequent the campus. I worked at an, uh, anyway, while I worked a job in school and then later on got uh, a job at a church there uh, nearby, I would frequent the uh, Rama campus, the Bible school campus. And um, 
And, and Kenneth Hagin, it was uh, during that time that he would have prayer meetings on campus. And when I wasn't working and I was available, I'd go to the prayer meetings. And he would frequently mention Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1, where it says, Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. And rain in the Bible is uh, parallel with the moving of the Holy Spirit. Water is a type of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said, John 7, 37, uh, 38, Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. By this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. So again, water is a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit, right? So, so, so when he says, uh, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. There, were, there was a former and latter rain, two seasons of rain during Israel's uh, crop harvests. And they were called the early and the latter rain. The latter rain came in, actually came in the spring. Early rain came in the fall. And that's just the way it worked. And, you know, different harvests. And uh, so he said, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord will make bright clouds, send them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. And Kenneth Hagin would often lead the prayer meetings. And he would pray and he'd say, he would use that scripture and say, always pray for a moving of the Holy Spirit. And ask God for a moving of the Holy Spirit in your own life and then in your own church, in your own ministry, and then, of course, worldwide. And in our prayer meetings here on Saturdays, we've spent a good deal of time. I pray, you know, when I'm praying, I pray for me last. And uh, I was taught that way many, many years ago. I pray for me last. You know, some people pray, I, me, my, and mine. Uh, don't do that. You know, pray for everybody else first. If you pray for yourself last, you know, it's just amazing how God will bless you. But so I do that here when I lead the prayer meetings. We pray for the world. And we've been praying for a moving of the Holy Spirit. So I think we are in the season of time. So, uh, you know, don't let the enemy make you afraid of what's coming. Yes, it is a time of judgment just before Jesus comes back. But at the same time, there's a tremendous moving of the Holy Spirit that has been prophesied in saints through the ages of time since the church age began, first century. That they, They've seen in the distance a tremendous move of God. And in the 20th century, particularly with Azusa Street in 1906, when the Holy Spirit fell there, and I think it started in a Bible school in Kansas, uh, right at the turn of the 20th century, 1900 or so. Uh, tremendous moving of the Spirit all throughout the 20th century, and uh, history books are full of that. That seems to have begun to wane towards the end of the 20th century, again in the 21st century. You know, we've got all our gizmos and gadgets, and, and uh, we've become quite uh, technically savvy. And, uh, I, uh, you know, it, fe- it feels like, honestly, from my perspective at least, to some degree, the church has lost its flame over the last number of years, last decade or so. But, but you know, I, I feel something happening. I feel like God's drawing us back. Don't you? Can, can we pray? God, because I feel it, Lord. Lord, you know us, and we're but flesh. But we need you. And, Lord, we want people to experience you the way we have. Would you ask him with me? Lord, let there be a fresh moving of the Holy Spirit. Lord, let it encompass the entire world, all seven continents, all of the nations of the earth, all of the people groups of the earth. Let not one person be left out. Let the grace of God manifest. And Lord, let the Spirit of God move in a tremendous way. And Lord, let this prophecy perhaps that Isaiah spoke there 2,500 years ago, arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Let it come. Lord, we ask for the rain We ask for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lord, let it touch every life in this room. Let it touch every family. Let it touch every child of a person in the room, every grandchild. 
Lord, let it touch each one of us. May we become dissatisfied with where we are and what we have. And may we long for more. How many would agree? Lord, bring it. So we ask for the rain. Let the rain come in Jesus' name. Lord, prepare us for the days ahead. Prepare us for your glory. Prepare us for your manifest presence in Jesus' name. All right. Well, that leads me right into what I wanted to talk about. Look at there. Uh, I wondered how I'd segue into that, but there we are. Um, so in my notes here, I want to go to the very end, and you don't have these, and Sean, I did not, but you'll hear the scriptures if you want to stick them on the screen. I think most of them are New King James. Just listen to these scriptures. Um, they're very apparent uh, as to the emphasis there. Mark 16, 17, and 18, and these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They shall cast out demons. That is include, does that include us today? They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. That means exercise authority over the demonic. And if necessary, like Paul, when a, a serpent grabbed a hold of him in Acts what, 28, when he was on that island, he shook it off and he was supposed to swell up and die in a few minutes and he lived and it was unaffected. So uh, they shall take up serpents. That doesn't mean uh, you're somewhere and say, I got the faith and you, you know, got a rattlesnake. You may go to heaven quick. <laughs> don't test God. They will take up servants. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's incredible. So John 14, 12, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Did you hear what he said? The works that I do. Did Jesus, did Jesus cause people to be healed? Did, did Jesus minister spiritually to people? Did, did, he, did he minister deliverance to people? Then can we do what he did? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do greater works than these he will do because they go to my Father. Luke twenty four forty nine. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power. Everybody say power. The Greek word there is dunamis, dynamic, dynamo, and dynamite are three words that come from the word dyn, uh, the word uh, power or dunamis. It's inherent, it's inherent ability. It's supercharged power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Mark sixteen twenty. They went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Acts six eight. Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Acts. Um, uh, let's did that one. Tra uh, oh, and then Acts. Uh, it's yeah. Transvert. Uh, Acts eight six. Acts 6, 8, at Acts 8, 6. I thought I made a mistake. Multitudes with one accord. He did the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Acts 4, 29 through 31. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke the word of God with boldness. Acts 5, 12, through the hands of the apostles. Many signs and wonders were done among the people. <coughs> Excuse me, they were all with one accord uh, in Solomon's porch. Uh, Hebrews 2, 3 through 4. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs, wonders, various miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. Acts, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. Brethren, when I came to you, did not come to you with excellence of speech, 
or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. He was unsure as to what he was supposed to be doing is what he's saying. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So gifts of the Spirit, they're amazing. And I want to talk to you about the gifts of the Spirit and the need for us to desire and long for them. Um, Let me jump down here. Uh, This old man of God of yesteryear, probably uh, his heyday of his ministry, was probably in the 30s and 40s, a man by the name of Donald G. I've got a really great book I've read for years since I was a very young man uh, called Fruitful or Barren by Donald G. He was an Englishman from, uh, from England. Um, he said this, there are multitudes who will never be moved and open to the gospel except by the manifestation of supernatural power. Wow. Uh, they are panting for it in view of a powerless church. Donald G. also said this, uh, the ultimate and full purpose of spiritual gifts, and we'll be talking about spiritual gifts in a second, is to bring men face to face with the reality of the invisible God, to make the church realize that the Holy Spirit is ever present and that all ministry, true ministry, springs from him who is her only life, source of life and power and to make the unbeliever equally conscious. God cannot be forgotten. Uh, he went on to say, Uh, The healing of the sick has great power to arouse the indifferent, convict of sin, attract the gospel, lead to genuine conversions. The gifts clothe regular meetings with a sense of reality of the presence of God. And then uh, one of the three Bible schools I attended was Ramah, and uh, I remember sitting in a class in 1980. I know that dates me, but it's true. Uh, and, And I wrote it down. Kenneth Hagin was speaking, and the Holy Spirit came on him suddenly. In one of our classes, Susan, Susan was sitting right beside me, and I wrote down what he said. He said, there, he said this, There are those who will never be reached except through the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. So covet earnestly these manifestations. And uh, I never forgot. There was a, actually spoken different kinds of tongues and interpreted right in the class. We're all kind of like, well, what's going on? And it was really crazy. So, um, you know, I thought about these things quite a bit throughout my life. Now, I want you to turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to lay my iPad down, take out my hard copy here between the leather covers and 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Corinth about spiritual gifts. And I just want to read and just make some comments and urge us to pray and uh, have some questions and thoughts um, as we talk about some of this. Now concerning Spiritual gifts, now the word gifts is in italics in the New King James Bible. There's so many translations. Uh, King James is the older English 1611, which those word, words have changed. But New King James has taken out a lot of the antiquated words. And then when you read uh, a translation like the New King James, if you see an italicized word, it wasn't in the original text. So this literally could, could have read, now concerning spirituals or... or uh, uh, pneumatica, pneumatica is the is the Greek word, and it really you could be tra- you could read it this way. Now, uh, concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Ghost, that's what he was saying. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. I do not want you to be ignorant. Ignorant people are dangerous. I mean, how many figure that out? Uh, if you don't know how to drive a car and you get on the full forty and roll it, you is dangerous. Um, uh, my grandson's six, and he's got a BB gun, 
But if I was to put my 12-gauge shotgun in his hands, that dude would be dangerous. Would you agree? So I do not want you to be ignorant. It causes us not to be effective in how God can use us. And with powerful things, an ignorant person uh, can be. That put me in the cockpit of a jet. You don't want to get on that plane. Uh, verse 2, he says, You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. And idolatry was obviously uh, strong in the first century uh, in, in, the, uh, in, in Europe, in Corinth particularly, lots of different places. Therefore, I make you to know this, that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus uh, accursed or anathema, and, and people would stand up, and, and there, there, was a real, there was a real hit against Jesus at the time, and people would come up, so to speak, under the inspiration of the Spirit and say, Jesus is cursed. And, and, you know, he said, well, anybody doing that, they do not know God. They do not know the Holy Spirit. Nobody with the Holy Spirit would ever, 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 ever say that. No one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus anathema, accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, you can parrot a phrase, but to really mean that from your heart, it takes the Spirit of God inside of you to enable you to do that, and that's through the new birth. So that's what he's speaking of. Verse 4, uh, right down to the crutch of the matter, there are diversities of gifts. Uh, the margin reads, there are allotments or various kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. So he's going to start talking here in a few minutes, just a few verses about spiritual gifts. There are nine of them. I've talked about them a lot since I've been pastor here, but I need to cover that again, and I will uh, later on in more detail, but I just want to make some highlighted comments tonight there are different kinds of gifts you could translate it that way but the same spirit what does he say the holy spirit the holy spirit oversees the gifts of the spirit the gifts that come from him are overseen by him does that make sense so so it behooves us to have the right kind of relationship with the holy spirit if we want uh the holy spirit to manifest himself through us having said that uh, when I was, and most people know this, before, just before I turned 18, I received as a Southern Baptist boy the baptism with the Holy Spirit. If you're sitting in this uh, auditorium or you're watching online and you haven't received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, y'all, uh, if you ever needed to walk in some power, you need it today. And just like we read in Acts 1-8, you shall receive power. I mean, that, that Greek word means, I mean, it's like explosive power. When the Holy Spirit's come upon you, my experience as a young boy was I really had a hard time walking with God, overcoming the flesh, and really, really concentrating on spiritual realities until I received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I, you know, that Sunday morning, I, I gave my heart back to Jesus after being away from a long time for a long time. And then, and then that evening on September 12th, 1976, 720 at night, I went up front in the church. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A Baptist church never taught it. Uh, y'all, a lot of you know this, but I'm saying this for, on behalf of those that have never heard these things. I mean, denominational churches, by and large, don't preach that unless it's a Pentecostal denomination like Church of God, Assemblies of God, Pentecostal holiness, that kind of thing. So uh, other than that, charismatic churches have become in vogue in the uh, 70s, 80s, 90s. But other than that, the mainline denominations, we call it by and large, have said that gifts of the Spirit are not for today, and they basically were done away with. Uh, when the last apostle died, and they ha happened to be the apostle John. He was the last one to expire. And they say that when uh, he died, all of that ceased because that we needed, the, and they say we needed gifts of the Spirit uh, to, to get the church going. And because things times were so hard, 
Well, I, I say, don't, don't forget what Jesus said. The works that I do, you will do. And, and <laughs> greater works than these you'll do because they go to my Father. So again, if, if they needed the power of God first century, here we are at the very close of the church age. And, and it looks like we're coming first full circle in the same devils and demons and, you know, religious institutions and demonic mess that they messed with first century. It's all landed in our lap. Do we need the same power they had to counteract it? Uh, my thesis is yes, we do, and even more so. So we need to cry out for the power of God. And, you know, I still have people that, you know, want to spit in my face and say, well, that's not for today. I say, well, you know, you can stay out of it if you want to, but I want the power of God, so I'm going to pursue it, right? So if you don't want it, you don't have to have it, but I'm going to tell you you want the power of God today. So if you're here or you're watching, you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, well, all, in the, all I'm getting ready to talk about happens in the lives of people Baptized with the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, verse 4, way they were all filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room, began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. In the lives of people baptized with the Holy Spirit, you'll see spiritual gifts manifest. Yes or no? So, y'all, just because you've received an experience with the Lord sometime in your past doesn't mean you're current with that experience. And just like uh, with the uh, Israelites, Exodus, what, 16, 17 or so, you know, they, they had to go pick up fresh manna every day. How many know you still need fresh manna every day, fresh experience with God every day, fresh current, current relationship with Jesus every day? Yes or no? And just because God blessed you yesterday or last year or two years ago doesn't mean you got the same stuff on you now. You got to seek and pursue until you find. Then you got to keep it up. Anyway. There are differences of gifts, but the same Spirit. Holy Spirit oversees gifts, and they work in the lives of people spirit-filled, baptized with the Spirit. Again, it's one thing to be born of the Spirit. He indwells us. There's the indwelling, and there's the baptism. Indwelling of the Spirit, He comes and lives inside. With the baptism, baptizo of the Spirit, He literally comes upon us and encapsulates us with the presence of God. It's an incredible experience if you've never experienced it, you're in the room, come up at the end of the service, say, I got to have that, and I will pray for you. And if you're online and, haven't, and you haven't received that, uh, ask, and you will receive. That's the way it works. So verse 5, he says, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. So verse 4, there are differences of gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit that oversees spiritual gifts. Then he says, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 4.11, you know, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, teacher, we typically call that. I don't know who started saying fivefold. Where did they get the word fold? The five ministry offices. And, you know, I happened to stand in the office of, started with a teacher, and then in 1988, the, God dropped in me a pastor's heart. So I'm a pastor slash teacher, so those are ministry offices, and it says here there are different ministries. And then you go to uh, Romans chapter 12, start with verse what um, uh, 6 or so, uh, 6 through what, uh, 9 or 10, and then you've got all these other giftings, you know, people that give, people that show hospitality, people that teach, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think that will come under the same auspices here where it says there are differences of ministries. Diakonos is the Greek word, but the same uh, but the same Lord, that is, Jesus is over the, 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 um, the operations of the various ministries, right? So the Holy Spirit's over spiritual gifts. Jesus determines what you do and what you're called to do, right? 
Then he says, verse 5, there are differences of, um, well, that's verse 5, verse 6. There are differences or diversities of activities. Now, that's interesting, but it's the same God who works all in all. So that word activities, there are diversities of activities, um, active energy, um, uh, whew, effect. That's the Greek word there. Uh, in fact, we get our word energy from that Greek word there. We get that word. So it's the idea is there's something there that's, that's moving, boy. I mean, it's, it's rolling. So he says, there are differences of activities, but it's the same God who works. Well, why do you say all in all? All the spiritual gifts in all the offices of ministry. So said all that to say how God uses you in gifts of the Spirit is determined by what God's called you to do. Uh, he'll use a person like Festus Soha, who will be here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, because he stands in the office of a prophet. He'll be used in spiritual gifts in a different way that I will as a pastor, because I don't have a roving, traveling ministry, and I don't go from place to place to place, but he may and will, and so he'll have a different kind of manifestation and that there's a different degree of anointing on the different gifts. Does that make sense? So, so again, verse 6 says there are differences of activities. That is, these gifts work. They're energized in a different way according to who's being used. And so, and so you know, if, if you're um, a member of the body of Christ, but you don't have a call into full-time Christian service, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, these people generally, they give their whole life to what? To, to the call of God, and, uh, and, and there are bivocational people that do some of these ministries, but by and large, uh, you know, it's their vocation. Um, having said that, God can use you in, uh, to teach. God can use you to do all kinds of things. And, and again, there are those that are bivocational. Nonetheless, the emphasis here is um, it's God who works in all of, these, all of these ministry offices, these spiritual gifts. So according to who you are, and what you do in the body of Christ is determine how these gifts manifest. That's what he's saying. Then he says, verse 7, but the manifestation, um, the manifestation, a shiny, the word manifestation could be translated as uh, the shining forth. The manifestation or the shining forth of the Spirit, that means he manifests himself. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So, so these spiritual gifts, they don't manifest just so you can have a bless me time. <laughs> they manifest so everybody can be helped, right? So, so just be aware of that. So, so as long as if we keep our, how about, how about this idea? If we keep our eyes off of us and put our eyes on helping others, we're a candidate for God to use us in a big way to help people. Yes or no? If all I'm thinking is about me and, oh my goodness, I'm having a problem. I, I need to answer prayer. And I need for God to do this. If all you're thinking about is you, you know, God will say, well, I can help you, but, you know, if you get your eyes off of you and help somebody else, you know, the law of reciprocity, whatever you sow, you're going to reap, you'll probably reap some stuff that you don't even have to ask for, and that's when you're really blessed. Yes or no? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And then he goes in and he lists uh, nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. So uh, four to one is given the word of wisdom, through the Spirit. Now, I'm just going to read these, come out and make comments. Is that okay? Um, to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith, or actually, the Greek reads special faith 
by the same Spirit to another gifts of healings. I do appreciate the fact that the New King James Bible, um, um, both of them, gifts and healings, are both plural. By the same Spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, works all these distributing to each one individually as he wills. So, so let me just talk about spiritual gifts for a few minutes and make some comments. We'll go home. Uh, so real quickly, uh, to categorize them, uh, what was the guy's name? It seems like it may have been... Uh, it doesn't matter. No, Howard Carter. You know, I think that's right. Howard Carter actually was imprisoned for something. I don't remember what. But while he was, oh, he was a conscientious objector to World War I. And while he was in, listen to this, while he was in, you know, anything that happens to you, God can use you in the middle of it. So here's Howard Carter. He gets in prison because he's a conscientious objector to the World War in, in England. And uh, he's in prison. And while he's in prison, God gives him a revelation of spiritual gifts and he categorizes them. And so he says there are three thing, three gifts that reveal something. There are three gifts that do something, and there are three gifts that say something. And see, that helps us understand them much more easily. So we call the gifts that reveal something the revelation gifts. So you can, he's got books on gifts of the Spirit and such. He wrote little books, you know. So um, the gifts that reveal something, the first one is the word of wisdom. Everybody say word of wisdom. I'm saying this for a reason because God wants to use you in spiritual gifts, yes or no? So if you don't know about them, how can you know if they're trying to manifest? So the word of wisdom <coughs> is where God gives you a glimpse of the future. Now, again, all of these gifts have nothing to do with human ability, human skill, human knowledge, human learning. They're not because you have initials after your name, but they are because your name is known in heaven and, and you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. And because of that, uh, the Father of all and Jesus who orchestrates, you know, they're, they're ready to use you. So the word of wisdom is where God gives you a fragment, a fragment of his all-knowing about the future, just like that. And you just know something. So you could be talking to someone, suddenly you know something about them. And then you wonder, well, how do I know that? Did you know that could happen to you? Don't answer, but it, I think there are probably people in the room that's happened to, but maybe you weren't even aware it was happening. So, so for me, because I'm a pastor, I just kind of hang out, and I don't get all spooky about this because it doesn't happen all the time. But I just kind of stay and hang out with somebody, just talk to them a little bit. But I don't know why, but if I just touch somebody, whoa. If that gift manifests, I can know something. No, nah, it doesn't happen all the time. Don't get spooky about it. And don't try to stay away from me because, you know, I'm just like you. I like to eat grits in the morning, you know. I love hamburgers like you do. I mean, you know. So, but the word of wisdom is where God gives you a fragment of the future. And, and wisdom is always, the word of wisdom is always a fragmentary knowing of something about the future. So, for instance, I'll give you one for instance from Scripture. And I'll come back and fill in the blanks on all this later. But uh, like, well, like when Noah, Noah's hanging out one day and uh, God says, Noah, I need to talk to you. He said, what for? He said, well, uh, uh, in, in 120 years, it's going to rain. I say, huh, what's rain? because there was a cloud canopy that covered the earth. Well, um, uh, I just regret that I've created humans because they're just real mean right now. 
and I've got to do something really catastrophic, and I'm going to save you and your family, so make a big boat. And, uh, and so when God said, Noah, it's going to rain, and there's going to be a catastrophic flood, Genesis 6. That is the word of wisdom. And that also includes, he said, here's what you do. Use, this kind of, use, use these kind of trees and put it together this way and do this and this and this and this because it's going to rain, though. And just like God said, 120 years later, it rained. So, you know, uh, God's probably not going to tell you something like that, but you may be standing in front of somebody or somewhere and you just know something. Now, it doesn't mean when God shows it to you that you need to say a thing. It may be that you just need to pray. Do you know God shows me things about people and many times I say nothing, I just pray. I just pray. And sometimes God wants you to. You just got to understand the Holy Spirit's there to help us, help us minister life to others, right? So many times it's just in your prayer life. Second, so you got the word of wisdom, Again, three gifts that reveal something. The word of knowledge. Everybody say the word of knowledge. Uh, the word of knowledge is a fragment of God's all-knowing about something, people, places, or things that currently exist. You can have a word of um, knowledge. So, um, hello. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I feel quite jokey tonight. So uh, Ananias uh, was minding his own business and, 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 and Jesus spoke to him, an angel spoke to him and said, Ananias, I want you to go to a street called Straight and go to one Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prays and he sees somebody coming in to pray, pray for him and he gave him some instructions. Well, uh, when he said there is a man on straight street that you're going to pray for, that was the word of knowledge. So I have many, now me, God's used me all my life in the word of knowledge. I just be talking to somebody and know something about them. And many times I've said, now, you know, uh, if this is not true, just tell me, but blah, 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 blah. And they say, how'd you know that? I said, the word of knowledge. The Lord spoke to me. And see, anything that God does in a supernatural way is one of these nine spiritual gifts. Did you hear what I just said? That, that takes a lot of misunderstanding out of all of Scripture. Old Testament, New Testament, seven of these gifts manifested in the Old Testament, nine in the New. The, uh, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues are distinctive with the New Testament era, with the church age, didn't happen in the Old Testament. But, but the other seven happened in the Old Testament, right? So word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and then discerning of spirits. Discern means to see into the realm of spirits. There is a spiritual realm. That's where God is, Jesus is, the angels are. The devil is there, demon spirits, uh, fallen angels, blah, blah. And um, so discern means to see into the realm of spirits. When Paul, Acts 27, they were on the boat in a big, uh, a big um, uh, nor northeastern, we call it a nor'easter, kind of stirred up in, on the uh, water where they were. Uh, an angel appeared to him and said, you guys going to survive, just don't leave the ship. Don't leave the ship. Uh, the Lord sent me to tell you. And so now what was that uh, seeing into the realm of spirits? Uh, what about Mary? Mary, the mother of Jesus, the uh, angel Gabriel appeared to her, said, you found favor with God and told her what's going to happen. You know, uh, wow. See, that was discerning of spirits, right? Isaiah saw the Lord in Isaiah 6. He saw him on his throne high and lifted up uh, Paul saw, uh, saw John saw uh, Jesus on the Isle of Patmos, the book of Revelation. That's, that's seeing into the realm of spirits. I've never had discerning of spirits. Some people I have. We've got people in our congregation. 
that have discerning of spirits and they see things free. They don't often say anything about it because people think you freaky, kooky, crazy and hate, ate too many cornflakes this morning. They just think you could nuts. So, you know, but it is a real spiritual gift and it's to help administer to people, right? You get it? So then there's three gifts that uh, do something and that is the gift of faith. Everybody say faith. And really, it's special faith. Everybody has faith that comes from... When you read your Bible and put into practice what you believe and believe what God said and, and beyond your circumstance, above your circumstance, that's ordinary, everyday faith. By grace, we say through faith that not of herself. But there's a different faith called special faith that comes on and augments the faith that you already have. Now, the gift of faith is the ability... It has to do with words. Now, I admit God uses me in the gift of faith. Sometimes it comes on me, and I, I know if I can say something a certain way, it'll happen just the way I said it. Now, I guess all I can tell you, that's too much explanation for all these for me to go into great detail, but I've been walking in that for, my Lord, 12, 13, 14 years. And uh, so, uh, again, uh, in the Scriptures, you remember Elijah, 1 Kings 17, 1, uh, there was a, uh, he, he said, he said, uh, for the next for the next while, there will be no rain, but by my word, and a drought came to Israel. Y'all remember that? Well, what is that? That's called the gift of faith. Yeah, whoa. So, uh, so the gift of faith again is the ability to say something and know that you know that you know. So, you know, for instance, you're praying with somebody, and and you just know. Yeah, you might tell them, "Hey, just let me pray. You don't pray. Let me pray." And you just know when you pray, it's like, God, you're going to do this. You're going to do this this way. You're going to do it this way. I've prayed for people that way. Oh, my goodness. And so many things have happened. People have been healed and ministered to and helped in so many ways. Gift of faith. Then there's the, the uh, gifts of healings, plural. Gifts of healings, all different kinds of uh, diseases and afflictions and maladies for the human body. And there's the healing power of God that is separate from medical science. Now, some people think you're cuckoo. If you say, well, God heals today. Well, if you go through the Bible, did Jesus or did he not heal in Jesus' ministry? Did he heal in the, in the ministry of the, of, of the apostles in the book of Acts? The answer is yes. So, so did Jesus say the same works I do, you will do? Did Jesus heal the sick? Then can God through us heal people? Well, the answer is yes. So, you know, people that discount these things, you just well tear that page out the Bible and sooner or later, all you have is a front and back cover, if you think that way. A lot of people think that way, and God bless them, but that's the way it is. So uh, gifts of healings, and there are gifts of healings, and they're gifts of healings because God uses different people to manifest healing in different ways. And you'll find if God uses you in this, there'll be certain areas that, that you're more uh, used more frequently. And for me, and you, you know what I'm going to say probably, if you've been here any length of time, I can pray for anybody who's got any problem from their from their neck on down, I mean, their whole gastrointestinal tract. And, you know, God will heal them. I mean, many, I've had many people come to me and say, that all just left me. I mean, they've been to doctors, take medication, and say nothing, nothing's cured me at all. And, uh, you know, you prayed for me, and I'm eating, I'm eating like I used to. I don't have those problems, blah, blah, blah. And it's just amazing. I say, well, God, that's just amazing. See, that's gifts of healings. But he uses different people, different ways. Kenneth Hagin and Raymond, he could pray for anybody who had tumors, and they were just many times just disappear, or any kind of invasive cancer. And that's, uh, that's just where his, there are others who, who would uh, be proficient with people being healed with any kind of ear problems or eye problems or respiratory problems, yada, yada, yada. So you see what I'm saying? So hence gifts of healings. 
And then the gift of working of miracles. The gift of working of miracles is really amazing. It's where God literally sets aside the laws of physics, uh, the laws of nature. Uh, that axe head floated in the Old Testament. You know, uh, it was hard to find those things, I guess. And, and it floated right at the top of the water. Bloop, 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 bloop. Well, that's defying physics. <laughs> they picked it up. Uh, or, or Jesus, you know, they got, they got 5,000 people uh, plus the women and children. So maybe men plus women and children. Could have been in excess of 10,000 people. He's got a little boy with five loaves of bread and two fi- three fish. Is it two fish or three? Two, right? And uh, somebody said, well, the fish were real big in those days. Loves a bit. <laughs> you know, he toted him in his lunch pail, guys. Give me a break. So, you know. No, he kept breaking the bread and it kept multiplying. Now, you know, that's unusual. See, that's, that's defying the laws of physics. You can't do that. But he did it. And the fish, and they had 12 baskets full left over. That's called the working of, can God do that today? So we don't need to get all in a, in a wad about, you know, missing stuff. God can, God can make stuff happen. So, so as long as the body of Christ is on earth, how many believe that God can provide for us? So the working of miracles, again, that's a, so you got the uh, gift of faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings. Then there are three gifts that uh, say something, and that would be the gift of prophecy, which functioned in the Old Testament. The prophets, were well, prophets is a spokesman for God. Uh, prophecy in the New Testament only means inspired utterance. That means the Holy Spirit inspires you to say something. And anytime, how many know the Holy Spirit inspires you to say something, it has to agree with what the Bible says. If it disagrees with Scripture, it's not Holy Spirit. If it's extra biblical, it's not Holy Spirit. Now, now again, the, Holy, the, the, the Bible might not say, you know, exactly this, 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 but it's going to line up and not disagree with it, right? So you just know that. So the gift of prophecy. And, uh, you know, that started working in my life in 1976 uh, in my prayer times. I would be praying. You had to, really, if you come on Saturdays, I pray with the spirit of prophecy. And, but I've been doing that a long time. I've been doing that by myself. And I felt really awkward doing it in front of other people. I said, well, okay, let's do it. But I've been doing it a long time. But, I mean, I've been doing it since the 70s. And, you know, when I start praying, the Holy Spirit would come on me, and, and I would just sense words coming up in me. And that's, yeah, that's inspiration, as long as it's in line with the Word, right? So, so then the gift of prophecy, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a service and the Holy Spirit comes on you, and, and it's, usually it's a phrase or a sentence, or sometimes it's the gist of something, maybe a paragraph. You just, it's just there. Um, uh, and, and that's the gift of prophecy. And sometimes God may want you to speak that out. But you've got to use wisdom with the crowd that you're with, who's with you, who understands it. Because, you know, you don't want to put these things uh, in front of people that have no understanding because you'll confuse them rather than help them. Yes or no? At the same time, God wants to manifest the gift of prophecy, then different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now, again, uh, speaking in the unknown tongue, 1 Corinthians 14, the whole chapter is full of it. You know, it's for people baptized with the Holy Spirit. Most people here, I think, are baptized with the Holy Spirit. If this is not your church home, you may not be, or you may be new here and you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I tell you, it's available today and you need it. And for people that are baptized with the Holy Spirit, so, you know, you just have this regular prayer language that comes. All that praying in the Spirit is is my spirit talking to God who is a spirit without my mind being involved. Um, glossolalia is the Greek word, however you want to pronounce that. And people, uh, you know, Bible scholars say it's um, 
ecstatic utterance. It has no, however, it has nothing to do with feeling or emotion. You can pray in the Spirit, feel nothing, right? But then you can be praying in the Spirit, and then, and then wow, it changes. So um, illustration of that would be um, October 6th, 2019, 6 p.m., it's a Sunday, and uh, I'm sitting right here on this stool, and I got my little table right here, and I'm starting to pray, and I say, y'all, let's pray in the Spirit, and that's what we do at our prayer meeting, so I'm praying in the Spirit, unknown tongues, mind change, and it sounded like German. I don't speak German, but I've been to Germany. I know what German sound like. I said, my Lord, that sounds like German. And then the interpretation came, there's coming and happening that will affect this nation and change and will change this nation. It happened six months later. I got it six months prior to it happening. You know, when that happened, it's like, well, there is a God in heaven and he knows stuff. And, and I don't know why, but he told me. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? So, so that's different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. They, man, they can manifest. Generally speaking, if you're just in your private prayer life and you're praying in the Spirit, um, while you're praying in the Spirit, sometimes it just changes. Mine does. And when it does, I got my, I got my iPhone with me, and I just uh, go over there to the record button and, and record what I'm saying audio and uh and then sometimes have somebody write it down for me so anyway it's just interesting and god will speak that way so again i said all that to say these spiritual gifts are available and god wants to use you in spiritual gifts yes or no i want to encourage you to ask the lord now i'll have to come back another time to finish this up i got so much more to say three things that i will investigate another time three things to cause these things to manifest um Number one, you have to walk in love. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Follow after love. Mementes, mimic love and desire spiritual gifts. If you want God to use you, you've got to love people. If you have your chip on your shoulder with every other person you see, he won't use you. But if, and if you judge people, that person ought to know better than that. What are they doing? How long have they been in God? What's wrong with them? They know better. They've been reading their Bible. You need to hush and just love people because you're not Holy Ghost Gestapo. You're just a member of the body of Christ, and you have clay feet too. So if you just say, God, I just bless that person. I love them. Lord, have mercy on them. And if you've got a heart of compassion to love people, God will use you to minister life. Did you hear me? So you got a number one love. Secondly, another thing necessary for these gifts to manifest is unity. You've got to be in unity, and that's a real problem in America today. Would you agree with that? There's such an air of disunity everywhere. I mean, uh, every man's against the other. It's, it's weird. It's like, if you don't agree with me, I ain't having nothing to do with you. Well, where did you get that attitude? Where'd that come from? It didn't come from heaven. It must have come from somewhere else. You know, I can love you even if I disagree with you. And it should be vice versa. Yes? We used to be that way. And let's get back to that. So my encouragement for all of us here, if you come to Victory Church, I, I have clay feet. I got shoes on them right now. I'm not perfect, but at the same time, I'm not trying to live in sin either. I just want to walk with God, don't you? So we generally want to do right, and, and we're generally seeking first the kingdom of God. And we need to walk in unity. You're not going to agree with in everything anybody does somewhere. Never. So any church you attend, any place you are, you're not going to agree with everything. 
If you knew behind the scenes all you have to deal with in pastoring a church, Jesus' name, <laughs> it's a lot. And, uh, you know, but walk in unity. Walking in mu- unity doesn't mean you agree with everything, but you're flowing with it. And you put it on the shelf if you don't understand, right? Unity is important for the Spirit of God. If you go look through the book of Acts, they were with one accord in one place. Acts 1, Acts 2, uh, Acts 4, Acts 5, and on and on. They were with one accord in one place. One accord, one accord, one accord, one accord. One accord, the Holy Spirit fell. One accord, you know, the gifts of the Spirit manifest. One accord, you know, my goodness, they, the guy at the gate beautiful was healed, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, if we're walking in one accord. So I encourage you, if this is not your local church, wherever you go to church, be in agreement in one accord with the pastor, the leadership team, the other members of the congregation with the volunteers. How many hear me? With the small group leaders? Don't, just don't be the person. I don't like that. I'm not going to do that. Well, don't be the person that's not. Be the person that is. Say, I want to help you, right? And some people are more challenged with that than others. And sometimes we let the spirit of this age and we let the culture rise up and, and we get some of the attitudes that they have. And, they, you know, all of us sometimes have a time with it. And we just have to say, you know what, that's wrong. I repent of that. I'm a walking unity. I, you know, First uh, Corinthians 1.10, Paul prayed that we all speak the same thing, that there would be no divisions among us, but they would, we would all be joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. I like that. I pray that way for our church. In any church I've ever attended before I was a pastor, I prayed that way. So if you'll walk in love, walk in unity. And then desire. The Greek word for the desire is the word zelu. We get our word zealous from that word. That means you really intensely want God to do something supernatural. Question, when's the last time you said, God, let spiritual gifts manifest in the body of Christ? If you don't pray that regularly, can I urge you to do it? Because I feel that God wants to do something so amazing. And it needs us flowing with him, loving people, walking in unity, and then really seeking first and desiring spiritual things, right? And if we'll desire them, then they'll manifest themselves. Where they're not desired, I promise you, they will never manifest. And so I've always been about this. And, you know, in a local church, you got seasons and, you know, you got times where you got more of a sprinkling of manifestation of spiritual gifts than at other times. It's just that way in life. Um, when I was young, and, and I'll close with this, so when I was young and went to Bible school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, I just thought every other day there's, you know, just amazing miracles happening and God's doing it. You know what I found out? Life's there just like it is right here, you know. Something about life, it's so daily. And, you know, you got to get up in the morning, get a shower, put your pants on, get you something to eat, get you a cup of coffee, go, go to work, do your stuff. Well, you know, we do that. Uh, and, and, and while we're going about daily life in our routine, some, many times God shows up. But it's not every day. It's not necessarily every week. But there are sprinklings of manifestations of spiritual gifts. Yes or no? And you can expect that. And I think we're going to see an increase in the manifestation of them in the days to come. How many want it? So let's close our eyes and pray a minute. Lord, I've said a lot and I'm done. And we need to go home. So I pray that the Holy Spirit would manifest strongly here in every person in this room. Lord, I pray that you would give us a hunger. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Lord, fill us with yourself. Fill us up with you. Give us a desire for you that eclipses every other desire in life. In Jesus' name. Lord, let there be a heightened sense 
of your presence in each person. Lord, I pray for each person in the room, each person watching. If there's any person hasn't received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, give them a desire for that experience in Jesus' name. The power of God. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And Lord, I pray for all of us that the Holy Spirit would energize us and that there would be sprinklings of manifestations of spiritual gifts as we're tooling around with people, as we're loving people, as we're walking in unity and desiring for you to manifest yourself this way. Lord, show yourself strong in Jesus' name. Prepare us, Lord, for the days ahead of us. Arise, shine, let your light come. Let your glory rise up in your people. Let your manifest presence be here. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now see, right when I say in Jesus' name, see, there's the word of knowledge, and I don't know who this is, but you're going through something for you is really tough right now. You're feeling, now I know that could apply to a lot of people, but there's one, it's a woman, it's a lady. I can tell you, I don't know who, I don't know who you are. There's a lady here going through something very, very difficult. And it's quite challenging for you mentally slash emotionally. But on the other side of this test you're going through, it's like it'll be a new day for your life. So don't throw in the towel and quit as it becomes more challenging. That's what I hear the Lord say. Don't throw in the towel as, as day by day it gets a little bit tougher because the end result's going to be really good. In fact, you're going to say, wow, I'm glad I didn't quit. So Lord, whoever that's for, would you minister life in Jesus' name?